was really good, man. This is episode 105 of the Struggle Play Podcast. I am your one and only host, Doug, a.k.a. Northside Doug, a.k.a. The Combo Denominator, man. You see we going back to the essence real quick. Nah, man. Nah, man. You lack some minerals and vitamins. Irons in the niacin, fuck who did I affair? Rappers sit back, I'm about to begin. Bow, foul, talk, you squall. Never even walk the walk. More or less destined to get tested. Never been arrested. You don't stop. Hey, you don't stop. You don't stop. Hey, man, we gonna take it back to the '90s, man. We going back to the '90s for this episode. Hey, 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 hey. My nickname is some know me as Mush. Fly like a testarosa, my god. Hey, do not attempt to diss me and my squad. Hey, digging in the crazy crew click, my brother. I'm on the mic. Big L is on the other. For those that know me, indeed, I flow maneuvers like shells bust from a luga. Satisfaction, I bring the action. Blowing your backs in with only a fraction. A mindset, mindset. Designers, finest, rap lord, your highness, pulsating, vibrating, shorty wop on the dance floor with the hips, gyrating, commit, ass swinging like a chandelier, like a cat in heat, with an ass all up in the air, bust this, who said I can't cut the mustard, rapping is a bitch boy and I got a yeah. left for it, if you want it, you got it, ladies spot it, no doubt about it, fly and excited, hey man, I like feel like, I should have like, I should be asking my mama for some coins to go use the pay phone, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, hey, man, you got a quarter? You got a nickel? Hey. I be that smooth gadget you never seen. Rolling with clowns. One of the few from uptown is holding it down. Is this Big L? Yeah, hell yeah. Word up. Alright, folks. So here we are. We're back. And guess what got another guest man got another guest yo yo i had this brother on the show man and ever since we connected we linked up it's been non-stop text messages over hip-hop debates on the twitters and the internets <laughs> what can i say but a few things have changed um for this episode now that you know we 100 episodes deep, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? Now that we passed 100, I'm kind of getting in my bag. I'm no, I'm knowing my stride. So before I even introduce this guest, I need this man to spit bars. So my good brother, my good friend, if you don't mind, I need you to spit a verse that comes off the top of your head. Something that, you know, it's like, yo, my man's spit a verse or else I'm putting this nine in your head. You know what you got for me? <laughs> uh, I start to think, and then I sink into the paper, like I was ink. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the lines. I escape. When I finish the rhyme, I got soul. I start to think, and then I sink into the paper, like I was ink. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line. I escape. When I finish the rhyme, I got soul. 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 Ooh! <laughs> alright, 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 old school, old school, old school, old school, rock him a lot. Put your mic 
The stage is empty. A beat like this might tempt me to pull show my rings in my fat gold chain. Grab the mic like I'm on so train, but I wait. So welcome to the show. My good friend, 12 Kyle. Kyle, what's happening, man? In the building. What's good, Doug? What's good, man? Yo, yo, yo. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has. It has. It has. Well, not really. I'm, it, well, it has, but it hasn't because we, we're always chopping it up, you know, yeah. on Twitter or via text. So, yeah. 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 But it's, it's good to be back, man. Good to be back on the Struggle Plate Podcast. Man, my, my brother, got a, I, I did it on here, but I got to say it again. Congrats on 100 episodes. Thank you, good sir. Thank you. Let me tell you something. That ain't an easy feat, you know, especially when you're a solo podcaster, because, you know, you can easily say, nah, man, I ain't doing, I ain't doing this no more, or I'm not getting the feedback that I want, or not to get, or maybe I'm not getting the listens that I want. And so to get to a hundred, man, is, is an honor. It's a blessing, man. Keep pushing, man. As long as you keep putting it out, we're going to keep listening. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciated that. Look, I promise you, I start to feel like how DJ Khaled was feeling, all right? <laughs> when I'm just waiting, when there all these people say, you know, yeah, 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 I send you, you know, I said a little something special. And I was just like, damn, is this what the producers be feeling like, you know? Is this what Hove was feeling like? You know what I'm saying? Just waiting on the verse? Sheesh. Because I left a nice little hole, you know, for you and Jay. You know, I was just waiting for you and the homie. You know we're going to come through. You know that. I know. That's why I left the hole there. You know, other people I didn't leave a hole for. I was like, hey, man, if it happens, it happens. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, nah, I got them right where I need them. Right here. So I, I definitely appreciate that, man. You know, it's one of those things where I'm pretty sure, you know, because you've been in the game forever, you know, with the 12 Kyle podcast. And... It's just one of those things where you just got to tell yourself, where you got to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? Right. You know, and are you actually having fun? You know, <laughs> and I am actually having fun, you know. That's it, all that matters. And from there on, I'm going to keep doing it. It's just that simple, you know. It's literally that simple. So, wait, Kyle, Kyle, I need to know, man. I did not know that your son goes to Southern, man. Yeah, I thought I told you that. Nah, I must have missed that. Yeah, he's a, he he just he just at the time of this recording just completed his freshman year at Southern University. Yes, now my oldest is a senior at Alabama A&M University. Okay, all right, all right. Well, that's great. I'll give you the HBCU route. <laughs> you know, I get it. No, no, no. I get it. You know, my mom's was like, yo, because, you know, my family, you know, our HBCU alums as well. Moms went to Hampton. You know, her sister, my aunt, went to Howard. Okay. My uncle went to Central State. My grandparents, they met at FAMU, so they both went to FAMU, Florida A&M University. So, yeah, man. I, I, so I'm down for the HBCU gang, the Southern. Uh. <laughs> hey man, you gotta shoot him some bail, man. I mean, you know, I, I, I understand, man. I mean, like, I, I'll put it like this. Like I said, his brother went to, he goes to A&M and he goes to Southern. My wife and I went to South Carolina State University and that's where we met. I feel it. We don't, we don't have any children at South Carolina State as of, as of yet, so. Uh, but yeah, I, I I know about I know that you know there's a little bit of distance. a little 
for the people in Baton Rouge. I just, you know, coming for where you come from and, and you're know, rambling. Yeah, man. Little bit of yeah, man. You know the rivalry for those who don't know, Grambling and Southern. You know we play One of the biggest rivalries in, in 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 HBCUs as well as college. Yeah, I would I would say the biggest HBCU one, maybe the biggest college. No, it's up there. One of the biggest college yeah, joints. Yeah. I, like literally, you know, it's Grambling versus Southern Bayou Classic weekend in the at the Superdome in New Orleans. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, yo, I have not spent the Thanksgiving home since I went to college, okay? <laughs> I, I tell people, like, it's it's like if you take, I don't know, Duke and North Carolina yeah. basketball and multiply it by seven. That was um, my, my most memorable body classic, which is, like, the greatest one ever of, like, you know, we were just all out there on the streets kicking it. You know, my homies, all my roommates had pledged IOTA. Like, who does that? But, you know, anyway, they do it. They, they do it, you know. And I love them to death. They know I love them. But, you know, like, who does that? But they did it. And, like, their shit was like some stomp the yard kind of moment. You know where they like beat the alphas you know in the step show and all that yeah it was big man it was big i called my best friend columbus short you know what i'm saying and um so they over here like doing step uh step battles in the middle of bourbon street you know what i'm saying and we saw the end of a football game outside of a bar in the french quarter And it was the Alabama Auburn game where they ran back the missed field goal. So I was just like, I think we got ourselves a great night on our hands. <laughs> I think I think we got ourselves a great night on our hands because that was in the French Quarter, you know. So that's just my little HBCU, you know, memory per se and you went to hbcu as well man you know carolina state university so i can't hate on it as much as i have a disdain for southern <laughs> these days it literally came my college choices literally came down to southern or grambling mm, wow. you know and uh it was a simple thing I just watched the Bayou Classic and I said, whoever wins, I'm going and Graham won. <laughs> it was just that I don't I, I wish I wish I could say it was, you know, a better fit for me because they both had programs. Um, I was playing baseball at the time um, and Southern's baseball coach, legendary coach, legendary coach. Um, and uh, Graham's baseball coach, he had just started. Uh, coaching that year, and I broke my forearm, and they ended up winning the swag. <laughs> Craziness, man. So yeah, well, let me ask you this: What is your like favorite HBCU moment? Because I know you've been around the block, Kyle. I know you've been around I'm the a block. Older than you, just slightly. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's a great question. Uh, my, <laughs> do you really want to know my favorite? Moment? Please, 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 please. My favorite moment was a personal one. Um, it was uh, when we, because at South Carolina State University, I played football. 
I played wide receiver. Really? In 1994, we played in what was the Black College Super Bowl. It's called the Heritage Bowl. Mm -hmm. South Carolina State played against, you guessed it, Grambling. Ah. And we won and Ah. thus were crowned the Black College National Champions of 1994. So Ooh. that was my favorite. <laughs> Dang. I mean, right, right up there with graduating from South Carolina State. Oh, yes. Yeah, so other than getting, you know, the thing that you actually went there for. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that was that was my favorite moment, man. It was on ESPN. Wow. Um. It was a close game, man. We won 31-27. And um You beat Eddie Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Coach Rob, man. Coach Rob, uh, rest in peace. The greatest uh football coach uh Hands down. ever. Um and I played for uh, I played under a legend legendary coach, uh, Willie Jeffries, who, you know, was right there with Eddie Robinson. And you know, what's interesting, I'll finish the story and then we'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, but Coach Jay, he never mentioned that he wanted to beat coach Robinson, but he really wanted to beat coach Robinson. Like, and, and somebody told me like, at one point there was like, we had to do this media session or whatever like that, where the media came in and both teams were talking or whatever like that. Right. And they were, it was some behind the scenes thing where coach, now keep in mind, coach Jay and, and, and coach Rob were, you know, very, very cool with each other, but they're ultra competitive. And it was something where, like, their paths crossed, like, in a back hallway. And they almost bumped into each other. And, like, people who were around thought, like, they might start scrapping. And so, like, there was, like, somebody kind of got in between them. But, like, they didn't say anything. But, you know, just imagine walking past your rival and he kind of bumps into you on purpose. And, you know, you look at him and he looks at you and then y'all keep walking. It was kind of like one of those moments like that. It was something that happened. You know, it, of course, this was 1994. There were no cell phones or anything to, to, to videotape it. But it was interesting. But, um, yeah, I got a chance to uh, meet the legendary coach, uh, Eddie Robinson, the guy who I, I really admired. And I, I admire the, the Grambling football, the story Grambling uh, State University football program from afar, man. I mean, it, it, the, the history is, is unmatched. Hey, man, look, I ain't mad that y'all won. You know, I live by the motto. You gotta beat. You gotta beat the best in order to be the best. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't even mad at it. I'm no not. Doubt, no I'm doubt, not no even doubt. mad at it. Congratulations. And, and I mean, think about it. At that time, you were probably like seven. Uh, you said ninety four. Ninety four. Three. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't know nothing. Look, literally, it was one of those things where my parents, um, because I was actually born in D.C. Uh. So my parents was like, uh, so yeah, we lived in DC during the time uh, that um, Doug Williams, Grandpa okay. alum, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl with the Redskins. And they was like, oh yeah, you know, you was Redskined out. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how you became a Bears fan. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know neither. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For those who don't know, I love having these kind of talks, um, these HBCU talks, these college talks, especially with when it comes to black men, you know, because I still feel like there is this narrative where black people have to be rooted in trauma to have something in common. You know, and that's not the case when it comes to when it comes to us, at least, Kyle. Oh, no I question. know that much. <clears throat> no question. I, I know that much. And another thing that we also have in common is our deep 
deep love for hip hop. Damn right. Our deep love for, you know, some R&B music. You know, I almost felt like I had to go off on Kyle when I asked him, you know, between Michael Jackson and Prince. And he, you know, gave me, he sent me the, what you talking about, Willis you know, gif and said Prince. And I was just like, oh, God, I forgot this man recorded a whole episode on his podcast where he had Prince's Purple Rain mop the floor with Michael Jackson's bed, you know. But but it goes to show I respect somebody who sticks to their guns. You know, I stick to my guns whenever I go back to Chicago, which will be in a few weeks. I always go to Gary, Indiana, because that's where my mama is from. All right. Through and through. My grandfather, if if you don't know, um, really was well known with the Jacksons. Gave them their first, like one of their first few shows where they were just performing at uh, picnics and stuff. Because okay. my granddad was in charge of the local Urban League chapter. Chapter in gary indiana and so you have all these little you know park jams or whatever you want to call it and the j5 is right there i know where their house is but i always tell people i don't know the michael jackson i don't know the michael jackson gary indiana i know the freddie gibbs gary indiana <laughs> all right i know that one that much you know, I know that Fred, I know, ex I remember when Freddie Gibbs came to the scene and I was like, yo, I know his hood. I know his peoples and he is hip hop. You, you a fan of Gangsta Gibbs? Oh, for sure. For okay. sure. Who, who isn't? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he sticks true to the tradition and to the core of hip hop, you know, for oh, those. He's an MC. He's 100% MC. Like, and he has that attitude. He has that, he has an MC's attitude, and that's what makes him an MC other than a rapper. And man, when I look at him, I'm like, yo, he embodies literally every single thing that hip hop stands for, you know? And I would love to see him in, in concert. You know, I, I feel like we kind of get robbed of that. Definitely. Um, the last concert that I had a chance to go to and I regret not going to was a concert here in Denver. And Freddie Gibbs and Griselda were headlining the bill. I regret not going every single day of my life. Because <laughs> literally right after I was like, ah, I'll go to the next one. I'm pretty sure they're going to come around because Denver's just one of those cities where you where you stop and come through, you know, where they come through all the time. The next thing you know, the pandemic hit and it just started making me sad. And I'm thinking about all the shows that I used to go to, you know, and uh, I'm going to tell you my first concert now that I remember, but I want you to tell me the first hip hop concert that you went to Kyle. The first, and I actually did a podcast talking about concerts. Um, the first hip hop concert that I went to, uh, I'm from, uh, I live in Atlanta and I've lived in Atlanta uh, at the time of this recording, almost 24 years now. Wow. It's crazy to say that. Uh, but, um, I grew up in a small town, this place called Florence, South Carolina. Uh, and there was a, a, a concert at my local, <clears throat> excuse me, my local high school. And 
the artist that was performing was a guy by the name of Heavy D. Woo! That's What year is this? This is like 87, I think. Oh, man. Yeah, 87. And um, 86, 87, somewhere around there. And um, Heavy D and the boys, it's funny, man, because I remember we were driving down the street and we saw this long black limousine. And Heavy D and the boys were in the limousine. And people <laughs> people in the in our neighborhood, well, not my neighborhood, but people around town were kind of freaking out. It's like, yo, man, did you see that long black limousine? Yo, man, that was heavy deep. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we ain't never seen nothing before in our lives. But, um, yeah, man, they came and, um, like, at the time, I think he had, he had Mr. Big Stuff that was out. And I think he did, I think he did, I think they did, like, three songs. But if I'm not mistaken, the Living Large album, which was Heavy, D, heavy D's debut album, I don't think it had come out just yet. It was just about to drop. But um, yeah, man, that was my first uh, concert that I'd, I'd ever attended. And um, to be honest, you know, Heavy D and the boys rocked it. So I, I enjoyed it. Mm, Heavy D. So I think I told you this on Twitter, but my first concert, hip hop concert, I would say. At first, I thought it was Kanye West, but it wasn't. It was when me and my parents, we drove out to St. Louis to go to my mom's, uh, her friend's uh, wedding. Okay. It was a great wedding. It was New Orleans style. Yeah, all right. It was fantastic. Chicago to St. Louis is about full hour drive. Not bad. A good weekend trip, you know? And uh, we check into the hotel. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we go to downtown St. Louis. It's this place called, you know, and, uh, we went, to, we just were walking around, right? Cause I'm also, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bigger baseball fan, you know, than any basketball. Cause I grew up playing baseball my entire life, um, all the way up to college. You know what I'm saying? That's literally been me and I'm a Cubs fan and Cubs and Cardinals rivals. And I literally went to the Cardinal stadium to buy a, a Cubs hat, just a troll. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Just a troll. Like, that's the kind of guy I've always been and always am. And when we were leaving the stadium, right next to it, I want to say, is Union Station. And we're hearing music. And we're like, oh, shit. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And um, next thing you know, I'm hearing, like, it's hip-hop. It's rap. I'm like, damn, this rap. I, I shit you not. It was Slick Rick on the screen. I was like, and I didn't know, and I knew who he was, but I did not know who he was. If you know, if you catch my drift, I know exactly what you mean. So you know what, man? Let's get into the breakdown. The song that my dog Twelve Kyle chose to break down for this episode is from none other than Outcast, featuring Goody Mob. With get up, get out. 
nigga, you need to get up, get out, and get something. Don't let the days of your life pass by. You need to get up, get out, and get something. Don't spend all your time trying to get high. You need to get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Kyle, 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 you gotta let us know. You have to let me and everybody else know. Why did you choose to break down this song? Because I love this choice. I can't lie. I love it. Is this, is this an, an Atlanta bias that I'm hearing? I think what happened was I after I sent you the text and then I, I think the next day um, got up. Six o'clock in the morning, boom, in the car, boom, go to the gym, hit play on the shuffle. First joint comes up is this song. And so as I'm working out, I'm listening to the lyrics. I'm like, yo, we need to do this song. I was like, I just, we need to do it. Like, I need to talk about it. And um, that was why. It, it was merely mm-hmm. because it was the first song that came up on the shuffle as I was working out. And, um, yeah, man, and, and it, it takes me back great, great memories of this song and this uh, particular album. Yeah, a little, little hometown bias, you know, they, they, represent, they represent the South, they represent Atlanta extremely well. So what are some of the first thoughts that comes to your mind when you're hearing this song, Kyle? Um, Just that same thing, that same mindset, like when the beat comes on, you know, you automatically start bopping your head and then, you know, CeeLo starts off, nigga, you need to get up, get out, get something. Don't let the days of your life pass by. You need to get up, get out and get something. Don't spend all your time trying to get high. Nigga, you need to get up, get out and get something. Don't let the days of your life pass by. You need to get up, get out and get something. Don't spend all your time trying to get high. I mean, that right there catches your attention because what he's doing is is something that happened a lot in hip hop, um, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, where you could very well hit your listener off with a lot of game, but not coming off as being preachy. Because you and I got to do for you and I. I don't recall ever graduating at all. Sometimes I feel I'm just a disappointment to y'all. Every day I just stay around and I can't be found. Always asking give me some living life like a punk. Times is rough. My auntie got enough problems of her own. Nigga, you supposed to be cold. I agree. I try to be the man I'm supposed to be. There's a difference. Yes. And I think what this song does and CeeLo does from the outset is let he basically establishes like, look, here, I'm telling you. I'm giving you words of wisdom. I'm passing on game to you. And it doesn't sound like he's preaching. It doesn't sound like he's condescending. He actually, and then when he goes into his verse, you'll see that he's very transparent. Traveling this route without any doubt or fear. I 
and all of them actually who, who spit on this are very transparent about what happened in their life from you know from CeeLo to Gip to Dre and Big Boy. Hip hop fans in particular appreciate that. You know, this is a song like you said, Doug. It's about telling you to get up off your ass and do something with your life. Get up, stand up, so what said you dickhead? See, when I was a youngster, used to wear them fucking broke heads. My mama made me do it, but the devil, he made me smart. Taught me to jack them weak-ass niggas, but they fucking started in the middle school. I was a bigger fool. I wore a tank top to show off my tattoo, thought it was cool. It's a cautionary tale, but it doesn't sound like, you know, he's, or any of them are preaching from the pulpit, looking down on the peons. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And you know what? Like the best part about this song or this era with a young outcast and goody mob is that they were all young. Outcasts were still technically teenagers, if I'm not mistaken. I don't um, think anybody was over 21 at the time. So yeah, between 19 and 21. So in essence, you still you're still kids. You're still living life. So it's not like you know these are you know 50 year olds talking to you know. So basically, if if you were 19 at the time, imagine another 19 year old telling you all of this. A lot of people in my past tried to do me. Screw me, throw me over in the fire. Let me get chunky and charred like a piece of wood. The spirits got the mutants mind. I'm getting paranoid. It's daddy looking for the time. It's eight in the morning and ain't nobody up yet. I got my lone charge. Get my coat and throw my ball cap. I'm headed out the door to get off in my ride. I'm digging through the ashtray. Hoping to have a good day. I have to make us best. And when I light it up, I hear a voice in my head. Now I know it's on. My day has finally started. Back up in my crib, beat my shit, break out quick in my sleep. The best part about this song is that the chemistry flows so well, yo. From CeeLo's first verse to Big second verse, Gip kills his third verse, right? The chemistry is impeccable. And that's what the Dungeon family is known for. For literally putting all of their rappers into one space in a creative space where they can be free and start flowing. So what is your favorite moment from this song? Um, that's a good question, man. Um, it's, it's a couple of moments. Um, but I think when he said, when Andre said, never smell the aroma of diploma, but I write the deep ass rhyme, so let me take your way back to when a nigga stayed in Southwest Atlanta, A. Y'all telling me that I need to get out and vote, huh? Why ain't nobody black running but crack curves? So why I got to register? I'm taking a better shit to do with my time. Never smelled the aroma of diploma, but I write the deep ass. Um, he basically admits there that he didn't graduate from high school. Yes. So again, that was like a huge thing as far as transparency. See, 
the thing that you have to understand is there was no uh in hip hop back then it was all about talking about what you got or what you had or what you were going to get or what you were doing you had very few people that would actually rap about the stuff that they didn't do and to where it would be something that you could look down on so it basically says he like I'm a high school dropout you know and that's big and keep in mind this is 1994 this yeah. song is off outcast's debut album so again it's not like this is andre 3000 you know on their third album this is andre 3000 he wasn't even andre 3000 he was just drake yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying so he was he didn't become 3000 until like the second album but he was andre what we call him drake yeah and go ahead go ahead yeah no nah, i was just gonna say that he was yeah he wasn't even three stacks no 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 he wasn't three stacks yet so um you know it, it was um it was a couple of, that's probably my favorite moment um but yeah he he just admits that hey you know i i'm not even a high school graduate you know, and, and like I said, at that particular time, he's letting people know that, hey, you know, you might idolize me, but shit ain't sweet over here. And even in, if you go back to a Big Gibbs verse, when he says, crooked ass Jackson got the whole country thinking that my city is the big lick for 96. Now, the Jackson he's referring to is Andrew Jackson. And um, I'm sorry, Maynard Jackson, Maynard Jackson, my bad. Why well, say Andrew Jackson? Maynard Jackson, <laughs> former, mayor or former mayor of Atlanta. And at, when he said the big lick for 96, well, at the time that this album came out, um, I want to say maybe a couple of years prior to that, Atlanta had been awarded the 1996 uh, Summer Games. So he and Gip saw how the city now keep in mind I was at the time I was at I was in college I didn't move here to Atlanta until 1997 but he was already seeing in 1993 and 1994 when they were recording this album how the city was changing preparing themselves for preparing itself for the 1996 Olympics you know something as simple as a section of East Atlanta where where the the stadium was you know that was an area where there was a lot of homeless people and basically it's like the police and the the powers that be one day came through and just moved all the homeless people out of there can't you're gonna have an extra five million people in your city you can't have a whole bunch of homeless people just walking around bumming you know asking people for food and money so you know that right there was a dig at you know the city because he at that particular time he could already see how the politics and the bs of the bureaucracy was happening to his own city so um but yeah it, it's a couple of gems in here it's uh, i i found it interesting that you know dre used the word cracker which is a word that rarely appears in um you know hip hop songs um you know the word nigga appears in a gazillion hip-hop songs yes sir but cracker might be in like 10 hip-hop songs my favorite moment 
out this song would be from Dre's verse. I think he has the standout verse. I think so too. Could not tell me nothing, thought I hit that bottom rock At age 13, start working at that loading dock Then laying my mama off of work, General Motors tripping But I come home bank, like Hank, from licking and dipping Doing dumb shit, not knowing what I Because he's not just telling you a cautionary tale He's saying, this is what happened in my life And this is where you really find out who's a real Three Stacks fan or not because he's telling you at age 13, started working at the loading dock. They laying my mama off of work. You know, General Motors tripping. His mom's worked at the assembly line at General Motors, you know. And she and got laid. Huge layoff there, yeah. Yeah, she was a part of a major layoff. And because she, you know, was broke. And they growing up in the hood, Dre, Dre became a stick-up kid. You know, <laughs> he literally says, but I came home banked like Hank from licking and dipping. You know, like I had to do what I had to do, you know, but my mom's is telling me stay in school, be educated, you know. I didn't really understand what she meant, you know, till it till it actually happened to me, you know, like Dre was like, yo, I dropped out of school and I really should listen to my moms. You know, I really should have got off my ass. I really should just I really should not have been chasing all of these females, which he says in his especially in that entire first half of that verse, you know, it's like Dre is like, all right, so here's my story then. You know, Gip is like, yo, let me, let me show you what's happening to my community. You know, Big is like, let me show you what's happening to my peoples, my friends around me, you know. And Dre was like, this is what happened to me. So now what? You know, but fortunately enough, Dre was like, but, but, I am in OU <laughs> so get up off your ass so meet it it's not too late for you it's not too late for you my They say what they say in, e in, in each verse, but they also leave it up to your interpretation. Like, hey, you know, don't be like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I've done. I, you know, started skipping school. I felt like it was more cool for me to, you know, mac be macking hoes and wearing pimp fades. And, <laughs> you know, and I ended up not finishing school. And But I think Dre... I want to say probably about 10 years ago, he went back and got his GED. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, he, and what was interesting was 
he dropped out of school and big boy was like a honor roll student. You know yep. what I'm saying? Very like you, you would have thought it would have been the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Dre was very, I, I know people that went to school with them. Like Dre was very smart in school. He just didn't go. That's all. He just didn't go. And then when, when the, when everything started popping off with them, even before they got a record deal, when they started kicking it at the dungeon with Rico Wade and organized noise who produced this album, um, it was, he was so intrigued and so moved by the, by music, you know, he was kind of running the streets. So there was nobody to tell him like, yo, you got to go to school. You got to go to school. And he would leave the house and his mom would think he would go to school. He'd go to the dungeon. So, you know, Rico Wade wasn't going to tell him like, yo, you ain't going to come in here and record, you know, and the rest was history. Yeah. That's um very, 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 very important to pick out what's your favorite lyric from this song um oh man that's tough um uh, hmm. let me see favorite lyric because my favorite verse is from is dre's verse but i guess my favorite lyric is CeeLo uh <laughs> when he said times is rough my auntie got enough problems of her own nigga you supposed to be grown i agree I'm, I try to be the man I'm supposed to be, but negativity is all you ever seem to ever see. That resonates with me because I remember being in high school going back and forth with my aunt. You know, and it's like when you, you know how it is, Doug. When you get to a certain age when you're a teenager, you have You know your, everything. You know everything, but also the adults, whether it be your mom, your dad, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, grandpa, whomever, you know, and particularly if you came up in the era and I came up in it and in your era as well, Doug. Mm-hmm. The adults don't want to listen. You know, so even if 17-year-old Doug thinks he knows everything, when 17-year-old Doug says something to mom or dad, you know, what they tell you? Man, shut up. I, you, you, don't say nothing to me. I'm the, I'm the parent. You know, are you talking back? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you never had a, and I, I don't want to speak for you, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. it, it, when we were teenagers, we really didn't have that avenue to, or that platform to even express ourselves in conversation back and forth with our parents or our guardians because you know what would the older generation say well i'm I, i'm the parent here so you know right. they're gonna pull rank so whatever yep. they say goes so yep. there was no there was no such thing as young and like i didn't grow up with you i know there was no such thing as young doug talking back to mom nah. about what he if mom said take the trash out there was no yeah, negotiation you just gotta you, know you just gotta go exactly yeah. so you know, <laughs> so that that verse sticks out man because i i i can actually i remember being able to identify with that and going back and forth with my aunt, you know, and, and I, a lot of what she said then, I have a deep and great appreciation for it now because she was only trying to make me a man. But, you know, at 16, 17, I didn't understand that. I don't think we ever do, you know. <laughs> and I would say my favorite lyric would have to be 
uh, with Big was like in middle school, you know, I was the fool. You know, <laughs> like it just goes to show that, like, we may think we know because that's where I get from this song, you know, is that Sink, like, yo. I didn't know everything. I thought I did, you know, but in middle school, I was a bigger fool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you said, you think you know everything and then, you know, wisdom comes later. Yeah. 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 Through, through life experiences, you know, you got to keep living. You got to keep, keep on living till you get it, you know, till it just hits till it makes sense man and like the thing that makes this song stand out is that the production this the production hands down and i think the the beauty about organized noise is the fact that rico wade sleepy brown ray murray right ray's ray's the guy he's he's the you know, he's the heart of it. He he's putting it together. He's literally crafting these beats. All right. <laughs> and, you know, sleepy. He's just there, man. Vocals, you know, laying it down, whatever you need to do, you know, to get it musically right. And Rico was the conductor, you know, of it all, because there are so many different elements that are thrown into this um, into this song. Because the beauty of organized noise is their live instrumentation. It's, it's, the, it's how they use live instruments in this song. Shit, well, I don't want to say very few. Nobody in rap was using live, well, maybe with the exception of probably uh, UGK. Yeah. They weren't using, that wasn't a thing, man, where you would use live instrumentation for a rap album or rap song. That didn't happen. And that's what made Outkast stand out. Is the fact that there were live instruments. There's bass, keyboards, guitar in there. Like I'm, I've been studying um, music theory lately. Yes, <laughs> I've. It's 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 very insane because I've really started to fall in love with the strings and guitars and bass and that bass line in this goddamn song it gets me and and here's the thing with with hip hop all you need is a rhythm a beat whether if it's pianos drums guitar chords and just loop that motherfucker all right, that's all you need to do, but not for this song in 1994, no sir. All right, you got that bass guitar coming in right in, filling it. That's what they call uh, instruments like the bass, the filler, because it drives that song to the next thing. You know, with those guitars and stuff, it takes it to a next level, and I'm just over here like, man. 
So not only are they like, you know, hitting these drum machines, but they're actually bringing in actual musicians to do this. Like, come on, who does that? Who does that? They're only, only them, man. And that's why they, they are one of the best. Uh, you, as you were talking, I just thought about another lyric that I love, man. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of CeeLo's verse, he said, no, that ain't what I'm about. CeeLo will just continue traveling this route without any doubt or fear. I know the Lord ain't brought me this far so he could drop me off here. Did I make myself clear? Ooh, did I make myself clear? That's that's old school southern slang right there, man. The Lord ain't brought me this far mm. to dr- so he could drop me off here. And, and you see, so that's what I'm saying right there with the connecting to your southern audience, you know, right there. Even though these dudes are spitting and flowing like the best out of the best, all right? They are still making sure they let you know exactly where it is that they're from. And they're not hiding it at all. And yo, guess what? That's the end of this breakdown. This was a fire breakdown. This was a fire song to choose. Yo, Kyle, thank you again, man. Now let's get into the rotation. My favorite part of the show, give me three songs that have been in constant rotation for you. Starting with song number one. Just something that's lately, you know? Let's go ahead. Song number one. What you got for me? I, I put on the shuffle, man, and a, a couple of joints. I'm just going to share with y'all a couple of joints that hit the shuffle. And when they hit the shuffle, I just had to play them like a couple of times, just run them back because they were just, they just took me back to the time in which they came out. And I just, you know, it always felt good to hear them. Um, the first joint from a group. One of the one of my favorite groups in hip hop of all time. I mentioned them a little earlier. Public Enemy. Welcome to the Terror Dome. I got so much trouble on my mind. Refuse to lose. Here's your ticket. Here the drama get wicked. The crew to you to push the back the black attack. So I sat in Jap and slapped the Mac. Now I'm ready to mic it. Never be a brother like me, go solo. Laser Anastasia Major. Ways to blaze your brain and train you. The way I'm living, forgiving what I'm giving up. X on the flex, giving now. I don't know about later. And for now, I know how to avoid the paranoid. Man, I'm padded up the here. Yeah, I wear, got them going in fear. Rhetoric, sand, and red, just a bit ago. And I'm quick to go sign the hard runner. Second song that came up on the shuffle a couple of times, man, and I just love hearing it, man. Uh, from the late great Big Pun, super lyrical. 
Hey yo, my murder is rap, verbal attack is actual fact Tactical tracks match perfectly with graphical stash Half of you lack the magical gap of tragical rap That tackles you back and shackles a nasty That's the mathematical madness I'm on The sadness, the strong, the marriage and bond of havoc and song It's massacres on as if Picasso lays you There's lots of hateful skeletons locked in the closet of my castle of grace Call them possible grace school, that's why I have to debate you My raps are like cable slashing your face you That's how I master the grace you I'm battling hastings if he passes through my label I'm snatching his halo God, I trade you this my father back is an angel Language is fatal and it's hypnotizing I'm only emphasizing I'm still all about business and enterprising I'm super lyrical Do yourself a favor Listen to this song When I say bars Upon bars, upon bars, upon bars Me and my partner still be going back and forth About who had the better verse Super lyricist, your arch nemesis Spill with the punisher, that's my accomplice Stressing to MCs, how they don't really want this Electrifying shit, his excellency thought spit These cats, they sentimental such With a gentle touch Dancing double dutch and all saying nothing much My sound wave lifting your chin up Like uppercuts, newfound ways of ripping shit up I develop, your spar chest well up Still your miniature to me, naturally I bring the extremity, musically intense With the globe in suspense Contemplating where the world travels the roots bless you with a strong record, long like an epic. Immerse you in some old neck shit, ill poetic. Thought from Miladel, something like nothing else. My talk stomp like elephants upon every elf core. What? Alright, alright. Solid choice. Song number three. Who you got for me? What you got? The Underground Kings. That Ride and Dirty album go to a track called Murder. Mm. And the reason why you should hear this particular track go to the verse that is spit by Bun B. Bruh. Bun B's verse on Murder. He kills it. Well, it's Bun B, bitch, and I'm the king of moving chickens, not them finger lickings. Sticking niggas that be tricking, you need a swift kicking. Yo ass is right for the picking, now as my pocket sticking. I'm be picking nickel slicking, you sick when I be clicking. Now take a look at the bigger nigga, my liquor swigger. Play a hater, dish digger, figure my hair trigger. Give a hop one to your liver, you shiver, shaking quiver. I'm frivolous, silver nigga, get wetter than a river. For what it's worth, it's the birth of some niggas doing dirt. Fuck a first night, then off the skirt, make the pussy hurt, Mr. Master. Hit the switcher faster, then you keep a blister bastard. Fuck your sister pastor, get the elbows for sale, yo. Brother, bet I have my mail, ho. Before I catch a murder case and go to jail, oh, hell no. Time to bail, hit the trail so we can sell more. Fucking yell, get the scale, no. Other bullet duckers can shove us out of this game, they bear the buckets, cause the cluckers, they love us. Make them glass dick suckers, shake they jelly like smokers. I hit like non chuckers, cause short Texas bring the ruckus. This for my motherfuckers. Cookie cheese, some crooked cheese, rocking up quarter keys to get the hook with ease. Wanna bees, get on your knees, for the squeeze from the HK 13s from here to overseas. We do what we please, don't trip as we flip. Light up a dip, I'm breaking them out from the hip to your lip. Go at that boy, skip that nigga, butt rip. With one clip, soon as the gun slip. Now I done whipped out my morelli, flying through your belly, belly, and some smelly red jelly is dripping out of your belly. Surf them up like a deli, jumped on my cellular telly. Hotel it like it's going out of style. You can't see me, Marcus, so have a motherfucking sweetness smile. All right, that's really the end of the show, man. But before we go, Kyle. Give them all your socials. 
Tell them where they can find you, man, including your podcast. Tell them all that good stuff. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, the 12 Kyle podcast, you can catch the podcast. I drop a po- a new podcast every Thursday at midnight. Uh, you can find it on all streaming platforms. Um, wherever you get your podcast, that's where you can find the 12 Kyle podcast. I talk about a lot of different things. Obviously, I'm going to talk about <laughs> music and hip hop and, um, you know, talk about dating, relationships, sex, sports. Uh, I do a lot of conversations about just kind of growing up and growing up in an era where we didn't have the Internet. Uh, you know, so I do do I do some storytelling and, and you know, uh, and, and from time to time, I'll, I'll, I'll share some stories that will make people laugh or make people think. Um, but uh, it's, it's a really chill podcast. Uh, I have guests on from time to time. And, you know, the thing I always say about my, about my podcast is this. If you listen to one, you'll listen to another one. All right. That's the official end of the show. See you next week. Stay safe out there, man. Yo, look, outside is outside again for for the rest of the country. I know it wasn't in Texas. I know it was always outside in Texas and Florida. But the rest of this country, niggas is outside. All right, man. Peace and love. My name is Doug.